Denver Broncos tight end Albert Okuebunam is rumored to be receiving a lot of trade interest from some teams around the National Football League. What does an ideal trade scenario look like for the Denver Broncos? Plus, the Broncos offensive line against the New York Jets has been revealed. Who are your left and right tackles heading into Sunday's matchup? Plus, Baron Browning and a flurry of young Broncos defenders are turning heads. We highlight that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts in audio format or whether you watch us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button or that follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. And as we prepare just a couple of days away from the Broncos hosting the 4-2 New York Jets, there's a variety of things going on right now in Broncos country, including some swirling trade rumors around a Broncos tight end in Albert Okuwebunam. And obviously, Sarah, the Broncos still have one more practice here on Friday in preparation for Sunday's game. We'll find out the final Final status of Russell Wilson heading into Sunday's matchup. Will they let him heal and will they let Brett Rippin rip it on Sunday? It's a lot to discuss. My, my friend, let's talk about Albert Okuwebunam right here. And I think really starting things off on the premise, I felt like last week, him being a healthy scratch against the Los Angeles Chargers was a little bit of a shock, I think, to everybody in Broncos country. It really was, you know, it kind of makes you think, do the Broncos already have something kind of lined up with another team or do they have like parameters of a trade? Not necessarily agreed upon, but maybe they've discussed enough, you know, similar trades with enough teams that they're like, all right, we need to make sure Albert Okuebunam is healthy going into the trade deadline, which, by the way, is November 1st, which also is creeping up, Cody. I mean, my goodness, I'm like 11 days or 10 days till Halloween here and the trade deadline is coming up. Like, where is the time going right now but man we're, we're getting close so you can't help but think the Broncos got to be getting close to a deal here or they have to have at least something maybe on the table or multiple somethings on the table because otherwise why are you making him a healthy scratch is it just Greg Dulcich coming back and if that's the case you know Alberto Kuebenam was your presumptive tight end one you know all off season or in the you know, training camp or things like that so we kind of saw the writing on the wall throughout the preseason I know you and I had talked about the fact that man he's playing deep into preseason games are they trying to like get extra tape out there on Okuebunam and shopping him in a deal obviously the health of Greg Dulcich changed the game for the Denver Broncos a little bit in terms of you know being able to maybe make a move before but the tea leaves say the the breadcrumbs say maybe something's already on the table and that's something I think we all have to monitor here because when you look at Albert Okwebunam, it's we I think we were all trying to figure out 
when are the Broncos going to use him in this offensive system? Because here's the thing, and I think you and I have both been on the record of saying this. Albert O is not going to be your perennial blocking tight end, right? He's the guy you want to flex as a big slot. He's the guy you want to put on the outside. He's the guy you want to stretch across the middle of the field for this Broncos offense. And simply, they're not doing that here with this offense. I mean, heck, even Greg Dulcich is running routes to the middle of the field wide open, and Russell Wilson isn't even hitting him at this point. So for Albert O, I just, you know, like I said, I think he's been a true consummate pro. I mean, he's been down. Like, he's been bummed out that he hasn't been getting as much reps, much opportunity. And he said, I, I, t- I had a chance to speak with him in the locker room. He said, you know, I can only control what I can control. But he's going out there and busting his tail every day of practice. It's just unfortunate that we can't see him utilized the way that we've wanted to see him utilized for quite some time. And it's crazy we were talking about a coaching staff with, you know, Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and those guys that simply aren't utilizing the tight end the right way that they should, yet they can't even put Albert Okwebunam in that position as well. We know he's not an inline blocker. That's not his game. His game is the is the catch and go. That's the type of stuff there. And it's not there in this Broncos offense, Saren. You know, I, maybe a change of scenery will be good for Albert Okwebunam. We know George Payton wants to get more draft picks back. Maybe you get a conditional six-round pick for him. I mean, I'm not sure at this point, but this was reported by Al, by Aaron Wilson initially about some of the trade interests. So, I mean, Aaron Wilson's got close ties to the Houston Texans. Part of me is wondering, okay, could the Houston Texans be looking to trade capital with the Broncos potentially? Not like they have much, you know, to, to garner anyways at this point in time, but we'll have to see how things pan out. But I, I think we have to wonder, with Greg Dulcich's emergence this past week, and granted, he had two catches in this game, including one, you know, exciting touchdown there, Alongside Eric Saubert, who has been tight end one throughout this season, does it make sense for Albert O to get a new start elsewhere? You know, Cody, I, I think about this and I, I look at the situation. To me, it just doesn't make sense, you know, unless you're really that desperate for a late round pick. Look, you have one tight end under contract beyond the season, and that is Greg Dulcich, the rookie who just came off injured reserve. So, first of all, you're not really protecting yourself in terms of future assets. Eric Tomlinson, Eric Sauber, Andrew Beck, all those guys are free agents after the season. Albert Okuwebunam is on a rookie contract this year and next year as well and he's got a ton of talent so you can see why any number of teams would be interested in trading for him because they have, if you have a competent offense and a competent offensive coordinator you could find a way to get an athlete like that involved and look I get it we're not talking about George Kittle here we're not talking about like Travis Kelsey but we are talking about a guy that last year uh, many Broncos fans Cody that jumped into my mentions and and that maybe jumped into the YouTube comments as well they were telling us that Albert Okwebenam is better than Noah Fant, who was the team's leader in receptions last season. And I mean, I get where they were coming from. Like he was maybe a bit more efficient with his touches. But the point is the coaching staff led by Pat Shermer, who apparently didn't use tight ends, was better at finding ways to get Albert Okwebenam involved in the offense than the current staff, which is constantly using 12 personnel, 13 personnel, utilizing Andrew Beck as a back and move player out of the backfield. And I get it. Albert Okwebenam is not the team's best blocking tight end or best blocking option. But look, everybody knew that when they drafted him, right? Everybody knew when the Broncos drafted Albert O, he's a big wide receiver out there. And yeah, maybe if you need him to block occasionally, have him do that. But utilize him the way other teams use primarily receiving tight ends, right? And and I just think, man, what's the problem here? What's the issue? I think it's stupid to trade him. I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say that. I think it's dumb to trade him. I think it's a, a horrible use of Alberto, and I think it's kind of ridiculous that Greg Dulcich got into the game 
against the Chargers. Immediately, they started throwing him wheel routes. They started throwing him quick outs. They started getting him involved across. He was probably one of the primary options on that play where Russell Wilson missed him in the middle of the field there, maybe the second option or something like that. What I'm saying is Alberto is got he's gotten a raw deal in Denver. So if he gets traded, I could totally see this being one of those things where everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we traded Alberto Quib and I'm look how good he's doing for even even a team like Houston. Nick Casario never saw a trade or free agent that he didn't like. <laughs> well I, I mean tons of options out there but i think it's it would be a dumb trade and i don't like it whatsoever <laughs> i'm with <laughs> you on that I, i'm absolutely with you and broncos country hey we're eager for your thoughts i mean what would your thoughts be on a potential albert okwebunam trade i mean i agree with you i think it's frustrating that you know you throw greg dulcich in as a rookie and you start throwing him the ball but when you put albert owen how come they're not throwing him the ball when he's in the game that to me i think is something that probably should be addressed at some point will we ever get it you know the answer on it the clarity probably not but if Alberto ends up getting traded, I just want to you know wish him the best in whatever he's got going on. I want him to succeed. I'll be cheering him on. He's always been great to me in the locker room, always been professional and willing to answer questions. So Alberto pulling for him in this kind of situation. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to dive into the Broncos offensive line for Sunday. We have a clarity on who the starters will be at left tackle and right tackle. But could the Broncos still be missing a key starter on the offensive line? We dive deeper into that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about Simply Safe, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And here are three of my favorite things football, football, and saving money. So let's talk about saving big money right now with Simply Safe Home Security. And they're offering Lockdown Broncos listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. They love it. I love it. And you'll love it because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room window and or HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alerts you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods and other threats to your home. And our monitoring agents use proprietary advanced response technologies to visually confirm when a break in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 40% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan to get your first month free visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown nfl to learn more there's no safe like simply safe the Broncos offensive line has been a turnstile of rotating players and we've seen the on-field results leading to the Broncos offense struggling as a whole. Could they find solidarity going forward here with a new lineup? Thank you so much Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you watch on YouTube. We appreciate you whether the Broncos win or lose we have you covered every single day all year long with the best objective Denver Broncos news, content, coverage and more Locked on Broncos. All right, sir, we got a little bit of clarity here from Broncos offensive coordinator Justin Outen earlier this week as to what the starting offensive line would look like at the tackle position. And he had named Cam Fleming as the starter at left tackle. Obviously, Calvin Anderson got the start of Monday Night Football, and then he was benched in favor of Cam Fleming, who slid over from right tackle to left tackle. And Billy Turner will be playing and will be starting at the right tackle position for the Broncos. And he said he felt a little bit 
bit more comfortable. And I, you know, I think it'll be great to get him more reps there. But once again, this is a brand new offensive line chemistry being thrown out there with Cam Fleming having to learn how to work with Dalton Reisner and how to get these guys communication on par. Not to mention Lloyd Cushingberry struggling right now in the interior of the offensive line. And then Billy Turner, right tackle. But they could be without Quinn Miners, who's dealing with a foot injury. Now, he did not participate in Wednesday's practice, but he was limited on Thursday. So that's a positive step in the right direction. But man, once again, the Broncos may be without a key starter on their offensive line on Sunday against a very good New York Jets defense. Yeah, and obviously Robert Sala knows Russell Wilson very well from his time in San Francisco, right? I know that Russell Wilson had plenty of success against the 49ers through the years and everything like that, but obviously it's a familiar opponent, you know, for both of these guys. And uh, just the opposite is also true. I got to remember that as well. Russell Wilson knows Robert Sala and his defense very well, but obviously the personnel is different. The concern to me, Cody, is exactly what we talked about on the crossover episode. Quinn and Williams and that defensive front of the New York Jets getting after guys like Dalton Reisner and Lloyd Cushenberry, who were very, you know, they weren't the best against the Chargers there. So, I mean, let's just let's just be real about it right now. You got a big time mismatch in there unless those guys play way better. Right. I mean, if, if Quinn and Williams is lined up against Reisner or Cushenberry, you got a mismatch on the interior of your offensive line and you got to be able to have better communication than we saw against the Chargers. You got to be able to make sure you're picking things up right. If you're Russell Wilson making the calls right at the line of scrimmage, different things like that. You can't let Quinn and Williams wreck the game. And I think, Cody, just like we've used baseball analogies before or, you know, like a, a great three-point shooter out there, you expect guys that, you know, are professionals to eventually come back around, right? So if you're coming off of a really terrible game, I kind of expect them to have a much better game the next week. I don't expect it to be as bad. So I think a lot of times you can kind of carry over the expectations of what we saw from the previous week. Is it going to be as bad as we saw against the Chargers on the interior offensive line? I highly doubt it. But then again, we'll see. I tend to believe that it's going to be better, even though they're going up against a better opponent. The question is, can the offensive line communication wise, can they handle what Robert Sala is going to throw at him? Because, yeah, he's familiar with Russell Wilson and that defense, I think, is going to be very aggressive. And I think that's the plan, right? I mean, if you're a defensive coordinator, you're going to play against the Broncos. What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to disguise some coverages, but you know what? I'm going to send pressure. I'm going to send different stunts. I'm going to put a defensive tackle and a zero tech head up on the center. I'm going to slant across his face and I'm going to blitz the linebacker. I mean, the New York Jets have really good linebackers as well. We're talking about Quincy Williams. We're talking about Quan Alexander. CJ Mosley is still around. I mean, they have a low linebacker group here. Not to mention they have some pretty talented safeties on the back end that come up and play some fill really well. Not to mention on the outside, they got guys like Sauce Gardner at cornerback. So if the Broncos' emphasis is to try to come out and run the football, they have to be effective. And unfortunately, Sarah, I mean, we have not seen them really commit this season to the run game. It has been a pass-heavy offense for the Broncos through seven weeks, and that's a little bit of a concerning trend. So I imagine Robert Sala is going to do what other defense coordinators have done all right, we're going to stop the run. We dare you to pass the football this someday. And I think that's something we're going to see. Now, granted, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Brett Rippon, whether it's Josh Johnson, I mean, it's still a little bit of a task because as we've seen, the Broncos offensive line has struggled. And I know you and I have had this conversation. I mean, kind of hindsight right now, looking at it six weeks, seven weeks into the season, we've really starting to feel like maybe 
firing Mike Munchak and not keeping him as the offensive line coach was not the right move here. Maybe Butch Berry, because we know Butch Berry wasn't initially Nathaniel Hackett's number one guy. It was Adam Stenovich, who's now the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. Green Bay had to promote him to OC to prevent him from coming to Denver. So there's going to be some changes, I think, at the end of the season. The offensive line has not lived up to par. And Sarah, to be honest with you, it doesn't seem like we've actually seen a lot of the outside zone scheme the last four or five weeks. It seems like we've seen a basic vanilla offense which is being called out on national media guys by Dan Orlovsky and other guys at this point. Something has to give. It does, and I agree. I mean, we haven't seen the wide zone very much, and uh, as a result, we haven't really seen many play-action bootlegs, getting Russell Wilson out there in space and able to kind of maybe, okay, if the pocket is not going to be clean, let's get him a new pocket outside of the pocket, right? Let's have him create a new platform out there. I just, I, I mean, it's frustrating. I don't know, Cody. I mean, do you and I need to sleep at our desks in order to make <laughs> this Broncos offense work? We'll see what happens this weekend, but I mean, as far as the offensive line combination is concerned, and whatever guys are out there, I know this. The Los Angeles Chargers, we just played a game against them. And yes, I get it. Justin Herbert was pressured quite a bit, but he was only sacked two times in that game, Cody. And yet a lot of that is on him, but they're playing with a rookie left tackle. They're playing with Trey Pipkins at right tackle. And all due respect to him, maybe not the best right tackle in the game. No Corey Lindsley at the center position, a rookie at right guard. What's the Broncos excuse here, right? I mean, you've got a third year pro at center, a fourth year pro at left guard. Cam Fleming is a veteran at, at right tackle, obviously, Billy Turner, he's a veteran. Quinn Miners, we've said he's the best offensive lineman on the team. These guys, they're experienced enough to not be terrible out there. I mean, and, and it goes back to what you mentioned. Was firing Mike Munchak truly that big of a mistake? And I point to something as simple as Calvin Anderson. You can't even play Calvin Anderson for a full game when Mike Munchak had him ready to play left tackle a number of times in the NFL and play well. The Carolina Panthers game, he looked excellent a couple of years ago playing left tackle and you could point to any number of examples of when he played other than the right tackle game that he had against the Raiders a couple years ago Cody to me I think obviously this is the biggest problem right now it's where's the disconnect with the coaching staff the scheme the offense the offensive line the communication how quickly can they even get these things fixed if they're not doing the basic things right I don't know. I'm gonna. I might sleep at my desk here. I've got the dark saber here, Cody. <laughs> I might just sleep at my desk until I figure it out. Man, I, I would. I would not want to have the job of trying to figure out the Broncos' offense. I mean, it's it's frustrating, right? We can design things and we can look at film and things like that, but I mean, we're. It's been seven weeks, well, going into seven weeks, and we still haven't seen these adjustments. But, I mean, I think you're spot on. Like, when, when this offensive line group is struggling the way that they are with the experience and you're looking across the NFL and you're seeing guys younger and maybe even with less talent on the offensive line having success and at least moving the ball downfield and allowing, you know, their offense to score, to me, that pinpoints a little bit to coaching. And they're going to have to take a look in the mirror because, hey, the bye week's coming up. We could see some changes at some point. Who knows what that may entail. But you know what, Broncos country – One thing we're going to focus on coming up here in just a moment is the Broncos have a variety of young, talented defensive guys that are stepping up and making plays this season, including impressive Baron Brown. And we're going to talk a little bit more about them coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports 
wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, NBA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. The Broncos' defense features a variety of talented playmakers, but some of the young guys that have been stepping up into big roles deserve some highlighting. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Sarah, my friend, there's a lot of young defensive guys we want to rave about a little bit, and I know we had a chance to speak with Ejiro Evro on Thursday's practice at the UC Health Training Center, and he highlighted a little bit of some of these young guys here. But I think we should start off by highlighting a guy who is just just flashing off the tape and it's hard not to even get excited about maybe what he could potentially add in the future and that is Baron Browning at the outside linebacker position now this past week against the Chargers he had the fifth fastest sack of the week at 2.7 seconds from snap to sack that is efficient and he's got the shoulder bend the dip he's got the pass rush moves and he's also got the Von Miller like sack celebrations not to mention he had the sack he had a interception he fumbled the ball and recovered it so he kind of had the trifecta in this game against the Chargers he's been a standout player alongside another player another rookie at this point who also had his first career sack against LA that's right Matt Henningsen I mean it's a great first sack when nobody really blocks you right I mean he just got (laughs) right back there to Justin Herbert but you know what I thought Cody and I see Matt Henningsen out there quite a bit for the Broncos defense you know what's even more impressive to me than the fact that he's getting a sack against Justin Herbert is just the simple fact that the defensive line is pretty well healthy at this point and he's out there playing so I, I think that speaks volumes you know I know the Broncos have had their share of injuries up front or anywhere really on this roster But the fact that Matt Henningsen is out there playing, it speaks to the things that we talked about when he was drafted, right? The the walk-on, the former college walk-on who started, you know, as a, I think, what what was he, the first freshman walk-on to ever start for the Wisconsin Badgers or something like that. I mean, just it speaks to this guy's ability to really take to, you know, great coaching, a great scheme. He can he can play a versatile role up there. You love Matt Henningsen and what he brings to the table. In terms of this draft class, I mean, it's been a, a bit of, you know, just pieces here and there from these rookies so far. But I think what we're seeing, Cody, even without a first-round pick and even without a pick until the last of the second round, we're seeing some impact from this rookie class in a pretty substantial way, I would say, in terms of their ability to fill out a roster. Not every draft class is going to have just these superstar, you know, everybody everybody starts for your team, like 2017 Saints, <laughs> or even like we're going to see this weekend, 2022 Jets, a lot of really good rookies. You know, the Broncos have a class that's going to contribute to this roster, I think, for at least the duration of their rookie contracts, if not longer. And that leads us to a couple of other talented rookies showing out so far this season. Well, we talk about Damari Mathis now being a starter here, and I thought he played really well outside of the fact he had the four pass interference calls. I asked Ejiro Evero on Thursday, you know, what type of confidence he has in him, just seeing him respond by not changing the way that he played, right? Because usually when you're getting flagged and people are targeting, sometimes you play on your heels a little bit. Sometimes you make it easier for the offense to target. 
target you. And that simply was not the case. I mean, he still played as aggressive as he could be. And he, and even Jiro Evero said this to me, he said he still had that look in his eye. So that's always a great thing that you want to see in a young guy. He's contributing. But I even want to give a little bit of a highlight here to kind of an under-the-radar guy who hasn't been mentioned as much, hasn't gotten as much playing time this season. And even as Jiro Evero mentioned, Inyoma Uwazarike in Thursday's press conference. He mentioned that even though he hasn't had as much playing time on the field, he's had an impact, whether it be in practice. The one game he actually played, he also had an impact on the defensive line as well. So it's just one of those moments right now. You look at the defensive line, there's some veteran guys there, a lot of guys contributing. And Inyoma Uwazarike will get his opportunity at some point this season as he already has has some reps as is. But man, I just, I agree with you. I think you look at this draft class this year. I think everybody had high expectations about Nick Benita right now, which look, here's the real. He was a late, late round two pick. People are viewing him as the Broncos first round pick. That's not the case. People need to stop with that stuff because it's creating this unrealistic expectation. Same with Inyoma Uazarike. He was drafted a little bit higher than Matt Henningsen, but Matt Henningsen we're seeing playing a little bit more of a prominent role right now. That's not indicative of Inyoma Uazarike or you know any deficiencies that he has. It just means that these guys have different roles and the coaching staff sees it and some guys may need more development. That's how I viewed this last, this last draft class. I viewed this as guys that are going to come in. Maybe you might have one or two guys that are going to start, but for the most part, these are all guys that are going to develop here. And I think so many people have lost sight of that. Yeah. And you need to have guys like that on your roster, guys that you can develop, guys that you can kind of buy into that your coaching staff can mold. Like a lot of times, you know, on day three of the draft, right? You get guys that your coaches really loved in the pre-draft process. So with a brand new coaching staff, especially guy, a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball or like Dwayne Stukes getting to coach up Montreal, Washington through a, a pretty big mistake, I guess you could say by the special teams unit against the chargers. Like those, different types of things you grow and you grow into key role players it kind of reminds me I know the Broncos didn't have a ton of success through these years but you remember guys like Will Parks coming in as a sixth round pick back in the day he's where, coming back and, to and Denver back on Sunday day, he is <laughs> and he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder doesn't he I saw that tweet but I mean just like a sixth round pick in 2016 pretty unassuming came in in the same draft as Justin Simmons right but then ends up having a really big role on the team like he remember he had that return against the Saints for the two-point conversion one of the craziest plays you'll ever see I mean and just tons of other plays like his forced fumble and I mean I just a ton of these plays come calling back to mind but he developed over time into a guy that I think a lot of people in Broncos country felt should have been a starter and even if that's not the case just a great glue guy who's is still in the league I mean six years in the NFL seven this is maybe a seventh year right I mean he's been in the league for a long time at this point you don't see that a lot of times from six round picks and I'm not saying that these guys are going to just be journeymen that stick around barely in the league or anything but I think that at the same time key role players key special teams players key depth and eventual starters that's what we're seeing from a number of these rookies early on there's a lot of people in Broncos country who are mad at George Payton for how things are going with Nathaniel Hackett Russell Wilson but people are going to forget or they're going to overlook a little bit that there are some impactful young draft guys some developmental guys and a lot of people that George Payton has brought in that are playing at a high level that are contributing at a high level whether they're starting or whether they're key depth and I'm excited to see what George Payton's going to do and I think everyone's curious to see what he's going to do about how things are going right now I think the thing that I 
stands out to me the most. George Payton is not a reactive general manager. He's proactive. And as many Broncos fans want him to make a move right now, I mean, we have fans in the comment section saying, I demand that George Payton come and hold a media press conference immediately to address what's going on. I'm like, people, it doesn't work that way. That's not how general managers operate. Okay, this isn't the Dallas Cowboys with Jerry Jones, who's overbearing and very controlling in a very toxic way with his organization. Let George Payton make moves. He's deserved that leeway because of the moves that he's done to give the Broncos key depth and good players around him. The Russell Wilson thing's not working out right now. It's not looking good right now with Nathaniel Hackett, but you know what? He deserves a little bit of leeway because he's put the team in a really good position outside of some of those things, and he deserves a chance to adjust and move forward. So we'll see what George Payton does here in Broncos country. That'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format, or whether you watch us on YouTube, just want to say thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back with another bonus episode Lockdown Broncos. The Broncos will wrap up their final practice on Friday at the UCL Training Center. We'll have you covered with all the action and final game statuses ahead of Sunday's game against the New York Jets. We'll see you then.